Oh, it's winter time. I'm going to watch one of my favorite holiday movies while you were sleeping. Wait a minute. I'm pretty sure Grandpa Saul is the villain of this movie. And her boss? Oh, don't even get me started on Bill Pullman. This poor little er orphan girl. That's right. We watched while you were sleeping. So you know what that means. It's in the basket, the writer's bagel basket. He looks good. That's not Peter, that's Jack. Uh, who's Jack again? Peter's brother. So Peter's the guy's in the coma. Yeah. So then why did you bring Jack? I didn't bring Jack, he followed me here. So Jack's the fiance. No, Peter. Peter doesn't even know you exist. I know. So Jack is Peter. Yeah. Lucy. Yeah. They have doctors for this kind of thing. Tear me apart, Lisa! David, do you take Patrick? Everything is going to be all right. I was thinking maybe the king and I. Uh, how about Oklahoma? I don't consider myself a particularly ethical person, but I am fair. Don't be mean. We don't have to be mean. Because, remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Rogers Bagel Basket. I am Scott Kerland. We're kicking off a Not Your Very Bagel Basket Christmas with the 1995 classic, While You Were Sleeping. And we have a first-time guest who is courtesy of past guest Laura Fox. We have Miss Rachel Brow. Hello. Hi. Hello all. Yeah. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm in the Christmas spirit. I think this movie kicked off the holiday uh, in a way I wasn't expecting. And yeah, I, I mean, remember this being a holiday film. <laughs> we could have also done the holiday. Um, oh, good movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, so this is technically, in my opinion, this is like a Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's movie. Yes, that's true. It kind of does run. Does it start on the? No, it's Christmas. No, it's Christmas at the start it, of the film. It's Christmas, but, but it, yes, you're right. Feels the like Thanksgiving. In. Yeah, it's got because, the family vibes in there. Yeah, I mean, the whole movie takes place over the course of like what five days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's frighteningly fast. Yes, yes. This we'll we'll talk about it later. But th this was a whole trope in the '90s, where you know, people fell in love really fast, and it's like they never heard of a fast marriage and a fast divorce. Yeah, I, yeah. I I I wish that all of these 90s couples worked out. But i that was one of the things I think coming to this as an adult that was the most striking to me was how how much horror I had at <laughs> sort of the red flags of things that came up throughout and thinking like, that's, that's just maybe not going to work. I well, don't know. A few years ago, I think it was two years ago, uh, my wife and I, uh, Haley and I watched for this podcast, well, uh, you've got mail. And Tom oh, Hanks yes. is the villain of that movie. Terrible, like such a such a nagging. Well, he presence. finds out he finds out that he is exchanging letters with her, and he still tortures her. <laughs> right? Yeah, he he doubles down. And something similar happens in this movie. But before we get into that. Why don't you give us the blockbuster rule for while you were sleeping? You are in a blockbuster video in the 90s. You're going down the new release aisle and you see 
while you were sleeping, you pick up the back of the clamshell and it says, Token taker Lucy watches a tragic incident on the job and steals the identity (laughs) of an unknown character to infiltrate his family and gain government secrets for Chicago. Yes. Um, And maybe make some friends along the way. (laughs) Yeah. Holiday classic. A holiday classic. So, uh, to show my hand, my my backstory when it came as a kid, I watched this movie all the time. I probably watched this movie more than I would watch like Home Alone, because my wow. mom my mom loves Sandra Bullock to the point where we used to have a VHS copy of Hope Floats that I'm pretty sure we like wore down. <laughs> the old wearing down of the VHS tape. Yes, exactly. And this film. Was it? No, no. It was actually while you were sleeping. Uh, not while you were sleeping. Sleepless in Seattle. That we we had the choice of going to the movies to see either. I think it was Hocus Pocus or Sleepless in Seattle. And I'm like, Sleepless in Seattle. I was seven. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's, I love that. I was. Were seven. you afraid of like, was there was there any sense of like, I don't want to see that movie? It's it's scary. Like, no, no. I, were you frightened at all by Hocus Pocus? No. I, I was a kid who loved horror movies, but I know no, that that's not every no, child. No, I, I was, I was like a seven-year-old who like liked more adult-oriented films. That that sounds really gross. Um, but <laughs> I, I know what you mean. <laughs> no, no, I, I liked more like drama-based, reality-based stuff. Like, I think it was that Hocus Pocus looked so. Oh no, I know what it was. It was I saw the the Siskel and Ebert review of Sleepless in Seattle and Hocus Pocus. And like Gene and Roger seem to know what they're talking about. They like Sleepless in Seattle, <laughs> but they didn't like Hocus Pocus. They gave two thumbs down to that. So I'll I'll go with Sleepless in Seattle. I was I was that seven year old who was watching Siskel and Ebert every Saturday morning instead of cartoons. Precocious, very, very high standards as a as a seven year old. Yes, I can I, had, I can appreciate that. I I think, I think it was that Kevin McAllister sensibility I had inside of me. He really ruined us all. That that yes. child. He yeah. He gave me really highfalutin ideas about what I could do by myself as well. Um, I'm I may or may not have had one or two booby trap maps. Just in case, you know, lying around. <laughs> I mean, you had to. But with this movie... I'm pretty I... sure I also wrote, like, a letter to the reviews of our local paper. I grew up in Spokane in Washington State. Yep. Um, so no one was reading those reviews. But <laughs> I I wrote a letter when I was, like, 10 because I, I got so tired of them. Um, I really decided to take up, like, a pitchfork against Pixar for a hot second as a child, which is just oh, crazy. Um, but I was like, you always give Pixar good reviews and you don't give other movies good reviews. <laughs> and I had no concept of what made a good movie, but, you know, I was like, I have a voice. <laughs> I'm going to use it. I hope that uh, there's no evidence of that. Yeah. And I mean, it it was print. So like <laughs> letter to the editor, like unless they, they kept it on microfiche. There's probably... I'm also certain they did not publish it, yeah. <laughs> if it even got said. 
I remember as a kid, I wrote a letter to, it was either Joel Siegel or, or Gene Shalit because I did not care for their review of, um, it was, it was Joel Siegel. It was in 1999 and he gave a great review to the Cider House Rules. And he's oh, like, yeah. and I was like, I saw this movie, sir. And I did not care for it. Because <laughs> his sir, whole, please consider. His, his, uh, his whole thinking was people are either going to say the Cider House Rules or the Cider House Rules. And like he put his fist <laughs> up and I wrote a letter to Good Morning America being like, sir, I beg to differ. Wow, Good Morning America is way higher than yeah than I ever shot for. Yep, I was I was enraged as a <laughs> I think I was twelve <laughs> as a twelve you year know, old boy. Yeah, I, I always after I saw Stand by Me, I think I was like fourteen or something, but so not so far from twelve. But I remember thinking like when you're twelve, you really know everything. There's something about being like eleven to thirteen that's this like pool of wisdom you swim around in for a while and then like puberty hits or like the hormones really kick in and everything goes out the window for a few years till you become an adult but there's like a little glimmer where you almost know more than anyone it was because he gave a bad review to the green mile but he gave gave a good review to the cider house rules and i'm like cider house rules i was like no the green mile is a movie that made me cry you sir are full of shit yeah the but, Green Mile was one of those movies I remember my parents watching and like kind of looking in from the other room on and and fully feeling at that age like you know I can't handle this this is <laughs> this is gonna be something I have to like revisit. I mean, I had a rule with my dad that if I I saw a trailer for a movie that was more adult oriented, but I wanted to see it, would he please take me? And as long as it wasn't really explicit, he was fine. So he took me to see The Green Mile. And as he like that year, he took me to see the Green Mile. He took me to see um, the Matrix, like all movies that I should not have understood. I think he took me to see Magnolia. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. But this was a movie while you were sleeping, getting back to the movie at hand. I saw the review for this and um, they're like, we predict that Sandra Bullock is going to be the new it girl after this movie because like she had the biggest year in 95 with while you were sleeping and the net. I didn't see the net. Uh, don't you don't think. have to. You don't have to. Okay. <laughs> I was, cause I did go back to her filmography and was like, when did Sandra Bullock enter my field of vision? Because Probably I'm pretty the sure year I saw before this with speed, but I nef- definitely didn't see speed. So I'm to date myself. I'm 90, 1990 baby. So yeah. I was five when this movie came out. I definitely didn't see it when I was five. I think I saw it when I was maybe 11. Okay. And that would have been in 2001. So yeah. I suspect I saw Miss Congeniality first. Probably. And then came to this as a Sandra Bullock, like mega fan already. But I yeah. remember thinking she was Julia Roberts for a second. I, as a kid, I was like confused between the two of them. And I Apparently know Apparently that's seen... very common. Like. Interesting. Yeah. I'm like, they really don't look alike but the the movies are you know it's the personality like pretty woman yeah similar kind of that old clumsy brunette this movie was written for demi moore so yeah 
Yeah. And, so, and potentially Patrick Swayze. It was supposed to be a ghost reunion between Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze. Uh, when it became a female lead, the original script was it was like a schlubby, like um, John Candy type of guy who is in the Lucy role. I believe the, the name was Luke. And then he falls in love oh, with a man. woman. And then but they're like, no, that seems kind of creepy and stalkerish. And they're like, I'm glad oh. they had that perspective even in 1995. <laughs> It's because I did think of that. I was like, what if this was reversed? It'd be so weird. Yeah, it, it was because of who was running um, uh, Hollywood Pictures, which was Touchstone at the time. Um, mm. It was like Michael Eisner and I believe it was his wife or but it, basically they had a great, you know, support system of really smart female writers who were script doctors who were working at the studio and they're like hell no 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 let's not <laughs> yeah. yeah i i hate to be that person but i like also would sort of love to see a john candy version of this film like see i would like i, to, I don't know that i, I mean can handle the creepiness but so he so he was so dead at this point but but like when oh the, god you're so oh yeah yeah but the script was written right. in like 91 or 1990 when he was doing wow. home alone so like like him and him in home alone and only the lonely and um plans for in automobiles like they're like oh we want that charming type of guy and i posit they should have had like a john candy type of guy in the bill pullman role it would have been like refreshing to see like a yeah. nice like like It'd be like Jack Black in a holiday. Yeah, exactly. We all love. <laughs> yes, oh the best gosh. part of that movie. Um, yes. Uh, so with with this movie, they they're like, okay, Demi turned it down. Did you know? Did you see what movie she made instead? No. What was it? Okay, so she did two movies that year. She did uh, Now and Then. That's the. Oh, I love Now and Then. But, but Demi Moore is not the highlight of that. But film. <laughs> she's barely in the movie. But the the big yeah. movie that she turned this down for was the Scarlet Letter. Oh, I didn't see that either. Yeah, her and uh, Gary Oldman. That's oh yeah. Maybe that's... I have to see. Is it like good Gary Oldman or like Gary Oldman and Dracula? I think is that controversial. I I, I think. <laughs> Gary Oldman and Dracula is good Gary Oldman. Um, it's, okay, it's more, sorry. It's I, more like I Gary Oldman in Dracula. Red Riding Hood. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with the silver fingernails. Yeah. yeah I, I mix up my Gary Oldman. I don't know how I missed so much of his work. I think, again, I was just a little bit too young to sort of appreciate who he was as as many of his, you know, huge movies were coming out. And yeah. and I was like a huge Winona fan, so I would see anything she was in. But as soon as she's like up there with this guy who, in my mind, was old, it was like, what's happening? I mean, Winona like, Ryder was another child. person considered for the role of Lucy. Really? Yeah. Wow. I have I the entire it. list right here. So, so after yeah, Demi said know. no, it went to they they reached out to Gina Davis and Michael Keaton. Which I saw that on IMDb. I would have liked that. Yeah, I, I I double checked on IMDb, but I also went through. Someone wrote like an oral history, which I read, and then I now can't find the link anymore. But oh no, I I love the oral history of while you were sleeping. But then they offered it. 
they offered it to Nicole Kidman and Nicole Kidman couldn't do it because I think she was doing portrait of a lady. Um, okay. Or to die for. She was doing one of those, uh, you know, Oscar Beatty movies. And they, uh, I think the last person they reached out to was Julia Roro, Julia Roberts. Oh, our Julia. She yeah. would have killed it. I'm sure by then she was like, no, thank you. I'm ready to do something else. Yeah, at this point, I think she was doing that weird um, Mary Riley movie, the one where she is the, I think, the maid to Dr. Jekyll. It's a, oh. Yeah, it was a really weird movie in the 90s. It it pretty much doesn't exist. But So she was like heading into like, I'm going to be experimental, like out of that romantic comedy before yeah. she... Yeah. You find a different footing kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. So apparently the right uh, the director of this movie, John Turtletub, um, saw Speed and he's like, that's my actress. Wow. Yeah. And then the. Good for the, Sandra. And then the role of Jack was originally supposed to go to Matthew McConaughey. But That I have opinions about. <laughs> I, I don't know. I remember seeing How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days when I was younger and I loved it. And since then, I have I just have some beef with Matthew McConaughey that may be totally unfounded. I did see True Detective and he was incredible in that. I loved that. But I, I think the wedding planner vibe. like the, the wedding. Oh, yeah, plan- the wedding planner. But the other person that I read, like who actually really wanted the role and I know my wife is listening to this right now. And when she hears this, I mean, she loves Bill Pullman. She had never seen this movie. Yes. So so I believe we watched it last year. We watched it during quarantine at some point. And like, she's like, oh, man, Bill, Bill Pullman. You know, my wife There's loves something Bill about Pullman. him. He, he was so charming in this, but he's kind of a dick in this movie. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. But the person who was seriously considered... To the point where I believe he screen tested with her was Brendan Fraser. <gasps> he would have no, been oh, I'm so cry. good, especially Our like Brendan. Yeah, was yes. this before? Definitely before Blast in the Past. Definitely before the Mummy. Yeah. What had he done? Did he George uh, of the Jungle? No, George of the Jungle oh, was after that. That was ninety seven. So ninety five would have been right after Encino Man. Um, and oh, oh he was doing Mrs. Winterbourne. I didn't see that. It, it's another film that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. So Okay. <laughs> I'm feeling better about my oh, lack of understanding. This would have been around oh, Airheads, I believe. This okay. Would, yeah. This would have been Airheads error. Um, Brendan Fraser. So he was still like working through the the like Brad Pitt doofiness era. Like just yes. A, a, yes. Her pretty boy. Oh, Brandon. Yeah. I would have loved uh, to see that. I I mean he would have brought a very different energy. It was the Scout. He was in the Scout at this time. The Scout. Okay. Like Albert Brooks movie. All right. Yeah. Haven't seen it. it <laughs> you it's can see a, me nodding like, yeah. It's a very, <laughs> it's it's a comedy that's clearly not a comedy. It's a movie about a baseball scout played by Albert Brooks who finds the greatest baseball player played by Brendan Fraser, but he has serious psychological issues oh my gosh yeah wow. it, it's a comedy but if you watch it it's very dark there were 
a lot of things like that i feel in the 90s this practical magic again like yes laura and i just had this party around (laughs) practical magic i texted her sort of like in the midst of probably a glass of wine because she had told me to watch it and was like this would make such an excellent party idea and then the next month what do you know but well just the lime and the coconut scene right Yes, exactly. That alone. I was like, we could be a whole a whole thing. And then I'm a huge champion of, of desserts for breakfast. So <laughs> I was very on board with that idea. But I, I'd never seen that movie until this year. Yeah, so amazing. it was Brendan Fraser as Jack and uh, Dermot Mulroney as Peter. Oh, that, that would have, been, would have I would have watched that movie. That would have been really and good. Would Sandra have been the lead? Were they yes. still or I'm, yeah? In all but your infinite I, knowledge of, I I think so. What it came down to, I believe, from the dossier, was he was too tall. He was what? He was way too tall. He's like six oh, five. Too tall. Oh. What did you think I yeah. said? <laughs> I truly didn't. I thought you said too tall, and I thought it was French. <laughs> <laughs> he was too tall. I have no idea. Yeah. Too tall. Yeah. Too tall. He was way too tall. And because Sandra, Pe- uh, I almost said Sandra Peanut. Sandra Bullock is a peanut. <laughs> um, yes. And and Peter Gallagher is a cashew. Yes. <laughs> but uh, they screen tested with Bill Pullman and apparently everyone was blown away. And the studio had already denied Russell Crowe because the director wanted Russell Crowe. Oh, I would not have liked that. Yeah. Nothing against Russell, but uh, yeah, I can't I can't see that in the same way I enjoy Bill Pullman. I, I or, mean, I was, as I would have Brendan Fraser. Cuz I was thinking about it. Who I was like, why does does Bill Pullman feel so familiar now? Like even today I'm like this is a very likable guy. And who would who is the equivalent of Bill Pullman now? And I think I know who it is, and you can agree with me or disagree with me. Um, Mark Ruffalo. He feels. Oh my gosh! Don't he... even get me started on Mark Ruffalo. Like if they made I this today, if they made this today, Mark Ruffalo would be Jack. Yes, he yeah. has. There's like almost a. I mean, what's funny is is when I was watching him, Bill Bill Pullman's performance reminded me a bit of Matthew Perry in Friends. He has a little bit of that kind of like sarcastic cutty energy which i think was a big thing in mid 90s like love interest i mean territory matthew perry at this point was doing fool's rush in so like there there's yeah 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 Yeah. just that kind of like oh you know i'm just gonna kind of slyly like a little bit cut you down but i have a heart of gold underneath like that which again you know we've kind of identified as negging now and i i know that i like carried that into my middle school experience of yeah. flirtation with boys it was like oh if they're like hating on me a little bit that means that they're they're the one for me <laughs> i don't know what level of toxicity i don't know, know what's going that... on in spokane washington rachel <laughs> <laughs> well um not the most uh not the most progressive of places, at least in the <laughs> mid thousands. But um, yeah, because yeah. I was thinking Absorbs about some. going back to 13 going on 30. He, Ru- uh, Ruffalo in 13 going on 30 is very Jack vibes in, in this. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, he has that he, whole thing. He, there's something about Mark Ruffalo that I don't quite detect in Bill Pullman always, which is I almost 
almost got it more in Casper, maybe yeah. because he was like, you know, interacting with a daughter and was a little more like father loving, you know, yeah. that orientation. But what Mark Ruffalo in 13 going on 30 has such a deep, almost like sweetness that probably is from the longing for Jenna, but it's like, it's almost like, like it's just there in mm-hmm. his, uh, I don't know, just the heart on his sleeve kind of yeah. feel. And so I, to me, he feels a little like slightly safer than Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman seems like he could like really um, break your heart. If yeah. You got, I if mean, you got okay. tangled up with him in the wrong so, way. <laughs> so, so going back to like him in this movie, the whole, you know, everything happens in the span of a week. Like basically True. if you, if you plan it out, it goes a it's Christmas day. Um, and they have Lucy work on Christmas day because she's an orphan. Like that's basically that broke that, me. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Her, her boss who is the judge from liar, liar is like, <laughs> Excellent. He's like, no one loves you. You have no family. Work on Christmas Day. I will give you a plaque. And she's like, oh, fine. Yeah, I I started thinking like, how true is this still? Like, how often do people get kind of put in that position? I know, like, um, my brother is a nurse, and he often will work um, weird shifts and things. And he his reason is always that so many of his people have kids and stuff yeah. and he's like I don't have kids like who am I to take that time away from them and I think that's really generous like right you shouldn't have to be put in that position but then I don't think anyone should have to work on Christmas I have a very like Charles Dickens mentality about this true but hospitals do need to be open on Christmas and yes also people like ideally people wouldn't get sick and and also need medical care on I mean Christmas. there's all those people who who deep fry their turkeys and then light their houses on fire (laughs) yeah yeah yep yeah so uh the fact that like lucy basically takes all this i I would say that in this movie yeah it's not great that she pretends to be someone that she's not but she's so timid and so afraid (laughs) the entire movie she's like afraid to she's the equivalent of you could spill soup in her lap and she'd apologize to you (laughs) Yeah, I, I it was interesting to see Sandra Bullock in that mode again, which I, like I haven't seen this I think since I was quite a bit younger, maybe when I was a teenager I rewatched it. But um I remember her so strongly as like the Miss Congeniality up through like Ocean's 8 kind of woman where she's just kicking ass and like right. she's, you know, again that like weird character trope of like clumsy but super badass and like she's still badass in this but very tender very like yeah like she almost sounds like she's about to cry and right. I love some of her delivery is just so soft and and sweet I can totally see why someone was like her she's gonna sell this yeah and the boss is so pissed that she keeps going to him with all of these issues um it's technically his fault because he forced her to work on Christmas like everything That's that happens, I was thinking, yeah, the fate. Mm-hmm. Everything that happens <laughs> is his fault. Yeah, unless it's like a do- liar, liar, judge is to blame. Yeah, yeah, Jason Bernards is his name, but like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, apologies, Mr. Bernards. Eh, he's been dead since '97, so. Oh, R.I.P. Jason Bernards. I found that out by watching the end of Liar Liar before the credits. 
they're like in loving memory of Jason Bernard. So I was like, why does that name sound familiar? And then it showed him as the judge. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. I was I 11 I when I realized that. <laughs> Gosh. Was yeah. that like before when the film was wrapped or like was that an afterword like on a future I, edition? It was probably when when they were in post-production, when they were editing the gotcha. movie. They're like, oh. well, yep. And I love how pissed off he is with her the whole movie. He's like, I don't understand. You need to go to a psychiatric hospital. Where it's like, it's not really, it's like, she's kind of in a difficult position because you you flat out told her to lie to this family to give them false hope. He was the first person who told her to do that. And then he's like, why would yeah. you listen to me? I also need to understand why they had to do this weird flex of him with his hot dog where they're like, this guy, he has a regular and everybody knows. And Lucy's like the regular and this Well, guy's Rachel, like, he runs that? the MB the not MBTA, that that's Massachusetts. He runs the, right. the Chicago BTA. <laughs> he, he he I runs... guess I guess I understand why he would be recognized and and his order would be remembered but i'm like why not lucy she seems to also go to the hot dog stand every day it's but just supposed to enforce the very she's basic nobody. order <laughs> yeah mustard and oh my gosh a coke. everything a coke yeah it was a hot dog mustard. with, Would you eat with a hot mustard dog with only mustard okay important question if i no and also the mustard no because <laughs> no, it was it wasn't spicy brown mustard it was the yellow mustard. It was like, just the regular. Yeah. So like my that classic now, at, now, now that I'm in my thirties, it has to be like spicy brown mustard. And maybe I would eat that just like that. But typically it would be onions, mustard. And if I'm in the mood, you know, sauerkraut. Ah, like, I, I, I need a no, Coney no dog. Pickles. No, I don't want a Chicago dog. Right. Like maybe the on the side. Pickles? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm Chicago. How come you're in Chicago? Wait, no, I'm sorry. You're not in Chicago. You're in Boston. But yeah. I was going to say, why am I in New York and want Chicago dogs? I want all the pickles. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. And relish. I'll do relish, but not like a flat out pickle. Like they showed Rel- the guy. That's yes. They showed the guy putting like an entire half sour onto a pickle, onto a <laughs> hot dog, onto a pickle. They showed him putting an entire like half sour sphere onto a hot dog and then covering that in mustard i'm like oh god that's... yeah that's what she was picking off right i was yeah i was n- noticing that flinging yeah. them aside he still didn't get it right yeah man get... lucy's a nobody <laughs> <laughs> and then like i i also love how people kind of just take her for her word like when she saves so she saves peter's life which they weren't even trying to change his name. They're like, we got Peter Gallagher. Let's call this guy Peter. And that was that was funny to me, too. Yeah, it, it was like the whole, you know, we have Charlie Sheen or Michael J. Fox in the movie. What's their name? Mike. Michael. Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> and he flat out um, like he should be dead. Like he, even with her jumping on the tracks and and rolling over he hit his head on one of the the spikes like he should be dead i'm sure you remember like having lived in new york recall the terror of just 
think that those intrusive thoughts that come to you when you're like, what happened if I fell right now? And you just imagine like, how would I get out of the way of that train? How much time would I have? It's like no time. I literally they shot in the long distance camera or whatever. I'm thinking like, this is making me panic. Especially if it's an express. That was not an express. Right. If that was an express, he would be, he would be hamburger meat. Like, I think I told this. Also, I'm like, where did they go? They rolled off to a very convenient little like nook beside the train. And I'm thinking, what? That doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. That could be part of my anxiety plan. Maybe. Yeah. Need to write it into my my thoughts. (laughs) Well, I think because it was on a platform. (laughs) Yeah. There may have been a different. Right. It's not built like New York. So like he, he, Peter should be dead. And like she gets dangerously close to the third rail. Yes, yes, that was my other concern. I'm thinking he, this is this all his of this scarf, is terrifying. His scarf was on the third rail. Was like, he? Was his scarf still attached to him when she rolled him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh it should have been like yeah. like a conduit. I, it should have been electrocuted. Like, can, yeah, can you can you roll someone like that? Like I this, I thought that was actually a clever. I feel like I suppose if you have the, th- the momentum. I think she when she saw the train coming, you. she got like the the mom energy. Like when you hear stories of like a car falling on a child and the mom lifting the car. To yeah, save. right. I think that she had that. Boost. Yeah, she she had the the Hulk energy. And then when she ends up in the, the ER, there's that one doctor who's like, the biggest douchebag in the world who is like fuck you i don't care if you saved his life oh that guy yeah. who's actually like he's not supposed to be in here whatever i can't remember what he did but it cracked me up so much he was such a stooge yeah and the nurse like i would also say the nurse is also kind of a villain in this movie because she doesn't do any follow-up questions she's like oh like she's talking to herself and she must have definitely gonna marry this guy and then she's like okay yeah this is the fiance and i love sandy b is like wait what no no yeah like i was talking to myself next time can you like talk to yourself so that it makes sense for everyone else who's listening to hear basically i'm like woman what a gossipy girly yeah that hospital must be full of lies (laughs) well this happens to her (laughs) twice there's that and then there's the whole pregnancy thing Oh, right. Yeah, that too was absurd. Can you imagine being like, also, if she was pregnant, taking it upon yourself as his sister to be like, I'm going to tell the family. Yeah, because that girl is like a romantic comedy. Right. So I was thinking about this. All it takes is a rewrite to turn this movie from a rom-com. Like, all you have to do is do one rewrite and change the music. Keep all the dialogue the same. This becomes a drama, like a thriller so fast like basically she single white females this family she she takes over and then she like stalks them there there's a version where this movie ends with like them chasing her down like the subway tunnel and and she has kidnapped like the the little girl a hundred percent and brandon fraser should be running that version (laughs) of the movie (laughs) running it to rescue in mummy mode yeah through yep. tunnels again yeah. Oh, yeah mummy mode or blast well, from the past a... mode yes yeah 
they get into that pretty like heavy line of questioning like bill pullman i i understand i think he's actually more of the voice of reason in this entire film than any character where he yeah. kind of comes in and he's like hold on this you know this doesn't really check out also they're a really tight-knit family i'm thinking like oh it's gonna be like 13 going on 30 where this guy's such an asshole he's like he hasn't been speaking to his well the, she you know, said that the, the mom said we haven't talked to him in such a long time yeah, I guess that's true. They do kind of like set. I thought they were going to go deeper into that. Like he had this, you know, disconnect entirely almost from his family. But um, I just thought they must know. I don't know. Regardless, it, it kind of checks out, too, that his brother might be more aware of things than his parents at that point in his life. Um, yeah. But he also comes in with so much like he's like a detective. And I was almost on the side of whichever family member was like, why are you asking her all these questions? Like, <laughs> pipe down, Bill Pullman. It was Peter Boyle. It was the dad from Everybody Loves Raymond. I love I love that guy. He had some some killer line that I wish I could remember now off the top of my head. It was when they were doing that like classic. It reminds me of like Nora Ephron or. Um, I mean, it reminds me of Maisel most recently, but just yeah. that kind of like everyone's talking over each other about like things that are disconnected. Oh, is it when he's saying he people who actors there. who are tall? I don't think it was that. Well, I mean, it was in that conversation potentially, but uh, it wasn't the whole. Can you yeah. imagine Dustin Hoffman storming the Alamo? Maybe it was that. Yeah, yeah. it was something like that. Yeah, those, those are great. There are yeah. a couple of those that I thought. Can we talk about yeah. the main villain of this movie, Saul? Like, this is a rom-com. There should, there should not be a villain in this movie, but Saul is an evil motherfucker. He, he, yeah. The way he just dipped when she's like, okay, we're going to tell them. And he's like, he just... Well, well but even <laughs> Apparently before that... Bathroom. Even before that, well, yes. he, he's like, you know, if you, tell, if you tell them that you're not who you are, you're going to kill... Uh, the suffragette grandma from I was Mary gonna Poppins. say mom Mary Poppins mom Winnie, yeah. Winifred I think yeah her name okay that. why why is the grandmother British and everyone else is American I, that whole she was she was so bizarre and and constantly I, I don't know she had another line too that I was Ricky like, Ricardo was Cuban <laughs> I didn't say that he was whatever yeah I she was great. I loved her. I loved to just at the end, they're bringing it back with Sandra Bullock being like, how you doing? <laughs> and she you takes okay? the camera and she, yeah. <laughs> do you, re- yeah. Do you remember those cameras? Those cameras were ridiculous in the nineties. I, yeah, I have vague, some vague memories of those and the, and the Polaroids, of course. Yep. Yeah. But it was basically a tiny little camera with a giant flash bulb on it. Yeah. In Something- no sense made yeah. perfect sense for that grandma to have but yeah <laughs> i was obsessed i'm sorry i'm like swishing movies no, but no, no. with the home alone i guess it was a voice recorder for some reason i was thinking the it was talk a camcorder. Boy. looked like a camcorder yep oh that was like the coolest thing ever i i mean i probably saw home alone again when i was seven which would have been 97 96 95 somewhere in there um and still like that toy at that point was five years old and i wanted it it was amazing yeah I early technology. I saw Home Alone in theaters and Home Alone Two in theaters. <laughs> saw them both that's, in theaters. I mean, I'm jealous. If anything, that's so cool. I would have lost my mind. I saw them in the most dingiest theaters both times. <laughs> like, I maybe it was the 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it, it was like a '90s movie theater. Like before, like back in the '90s, no one gave a gave a shit if you were comfortable sitting in a movie theater. They're like, yeah, the floor's sticky, and this chair is probably covered in you know, you know, soda and piss. Who knows what? Yeah. <laughs> But now it's like, we have recliners. Oh, yeah. I remember when they put in a movie theater in like the early thousands downtown in my hometown. And it was like, this is amazing. Like, it felt like being in a really fancy living room. It's like, I don't want to be comfortable when I watch a movie. I want to be uncomfortable. I did kind of, I mean, I definitely mourn the loss of Seattle has some really cool old movie theaters. And there, there are a few in Spokane as well. Yeah. Um, that luckily are still in operation. But I remember thinking, like, are they all going to shut down? Because they've got so much character. And yeah, it's, it is kind of fun. It Being a little uncomfortable just, I think, helps you drop into the film more, you know? Yeah, the Somerville Theater. Like... Yeah, the Somerville Theater in Davis Square here is, it was an old vaudeville theater that they, they basically kept that whole aesthetic. And it still has oh, those cool. very uncomfortable chairs. But it's like the whole thing the reason why people keep going back is they have like the best popcorn and it's it's yes. like it's like nothing special but like the whole experience during covid they were they were selling trash bags full of their popcorn they're like miss wow. us oh i would have been at the door for sure i love popcorn I, I kept contemplating doing it and they're like i was like i cannot justify driving to somerville spending $30 on a trash bag full of popcorn. I'm like, my <laughs> wife will kill me. <laughs> my husband probably would have been like, sweet. Let's, <laughs> let's set it. Well, I would have finished the popcorn. Well, he, he's very kind and often makes me bowls of popcorn yeah. that he has like some of, and then I just destroy. Yeah. I, I am a huge popcorn fanatic and, you know, I basically spent all of quarantine trying to perfect stovetop popcorn because it's oh. microwave is so bad for you um yeah i do stovetop as well do you have any secrets what did you learn um basically you put the butter in while it's cooking in the oil you do a tiny bit of oil and then you put in like a stick of almost frozen butter like <laughs> like four tablespoons Ooh. scattered and that way it won't burn uh-huh so you won't get those weird specks and you put your salt in as it's cooking. Okay. I'm going to try this tonight. Seriously. Yeah. I make popcorn so, like multiple times a week. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my, my, I know that if I was like, Hey, I just bought a trash bag full of popcorn. My wife would be like, you're an amazing cook. You do not need to go to Somerville <laughs> to get a trash bag filled with popcorn. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. But th- this this is a movie that would have constituted me needing like a trash bag full of popcorn. This is like, this is not a great movie. It's not. I love it, but I it, have to agree. It's not good. It's 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 like now watching it as an adult, as a kid, I'm like, oh man, this movie is so funny and sophisticated. And as a as an adult, I'm like, these people are pieces of shit. <laughs> like, there are better 1995 movies. Like even by 90 standards, it's not. Yeah, not I mean, super great. Ninety five, you had Jumanji, you had Toy Story, you had Good Babe. Year, honestly, I think now and then was that ninety six? That was ninety five. Oh right, because that Brendan Fraser is also in Now and Then. Also, 
he is. He's oh, he is, is he he's, here? No, he's not. He's the veteran. He is the, the 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 guy who got drafted and who is running away. Okay, I was gonna say he's a veteran, but he's a hippie. What in my mind? Like what? Yeah. He, like, he, oh, so yeah. his character. Oh apparently gets drafted and he's like fleeing to Canada, but he's hitchhiking to Canada. He's like a, a snapshot of sixties alternative culture. He's, he's a walking yeah. Bob Dylan song or seventies. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This, oh, that this year... must have been where I developed my crush on Brendan Fraser first. Yeah. Like uh... probably now and then. And then you had this Actually, movie. Embarrassingly, it was probably George of the jungle. why embarrassingly like when we covered george of the jungle that movie is great it ages really well it's still funny and like they're trying to aim it towards kids but the more they aim it towards kids the more adult it is yeah i'm i'm happy to hear that it holds up i haven't seen it in a very long time i think my embarrassment stems more from the fact that he's such a, a nerd in that movie i mean he's like you know, he doesn't know what's going on. Well, so, yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a funny thing to be attracted to. <laughs> but <laughs> you're like, oh, he's just, he's so sweet. He doesn't know what coffee is. But um, imagine. Doesn't he eat? He eats coffee? an entire sorry, can I... of chalk full of nuts. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I have but to imagine him as Jack. I need to stop talking about all the other movies. Oh, it's fine. Right. But if you imagine him as Jack, like even when he's interrogating her, he would still be charming as hell. I mean, Pullman does his he best. Would. And the other person that would have been pretty good in this role, too, would have been Bill Paxton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah t- I used to get them mixed up when I was a kid, too. I think yeah. the same. Yeah. But he was doing like, I think this was like, no, Twister was the year after. No, it wasn't Mighty Joe. Yeah. Oh, he was doing Apollo 13. Okay. Yeah. So thanks. The, so I mean, 95 was a great year. You had Apollo 13, you had Babe, you had this, you had Casino. You had Jumanji. Babe, oh. I forgot about Babe. Yeah. Yeah, Congo. Uh, what a I feel like, oh, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> the movie I remember that I'm fairly certain it was 95 because i again i was five so just as a preface toy story was like way up there for me yeah um and the babysitter's club that was definitely 95 because <laughs> that so so basically this the babysitter's club and i believe now and then all came out like in the span of like a week apart i was gonna say they're probably all summer movies they seem like they'd be summer movies i think this was one of those I gotta double check. I think I this guess is it's Christmas, yeah. So that's but but I think this was one of those summer releases, like where they show a Christmas movie in like summer, and you're like, why the hell did they do that? What's happening? Yeah. Well, they did that with Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus came out in July. Oh wow! Yeah, Hocus Pocus came out in July, and it tanked. Incredible. I mean, in some ways, I can see like I a little bit before the holiday i'm already realizing there are things that i intended to get to on netflix for halloween that i just that didn't happen and now i'm like well now it really feels like the time has passed it's incredible how quickly the spirit dissipates as soon as the holiday's over okay i got the date the date was april 21st 1995 this movie came out okay 
Wow, that is, yeah, that is way far person. away. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, okay. Babysitter's Club was over the summer, but I know for a fact that now and then came out in the spring. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, similar, similar time, man. I loved, I would go back to 1995 so fast. I'm sure there was a lot of stuff going on that as a five-year-old I was not thinking about, but yeah, I have such a clear memory of that year being so delightful all of my babysitters were the coolest people ever I was ready to be like a teenager yeah because I believe the babysitters club came out and then the week after Indian in the cupboard came out (gasps) oh we had Indian in the cupboard yeah and it it came with the key that movie yes yeah Yeah, it came with the key secret garden and little princess they had little lockets which one of which I still have um, oh, you just said it. A Little Princess was the other movie that came out like in May. Oh, okay. And 95 as well. Gosh, yeah, 95 was yeah. a great what year was for going movies. going on in cinema? <laughs> yeah, 95 was a great year. Um, and, and then you had films like this where, once again, there is an entire subtext, uh, sub, not subtext, subplot where you find out that Peter is missing a testicle. It's literally I, I totally it, forgot this. It's literally Chekhov's testicle. <laughs> like cuz the guy the guy cuz the guy drops it. Yeah, the guy the guy is like, Does "Okay, he... it Yeah. Go ahead, he, sorry. Yeah, he goes, "Well, there's Peter's incident downtown." And when when like you hear that, you think that like he got into a cab near the Sears Tower and like got into an accident. No, he's talking about how they were playing basketball and I was trying to do like the mechanics in my mind. How is this even possible? Why would you be playing basketball with a pencil in, you know, like starter shorts? And like, he's a lawyer. He does that, (laughs) as he tells us. (laughs) My dad's a lawyer, and he definitely would not do any exercises with a pencil. I love how instantly agitated that man got. And it makes so much more sense as the movie progresses, why he's even there. Yeah. But for that moment, before I remembered where it led, I was like, what is this is such a strange aside. Well, we also we also like have Detective Bill Pullman and the whole. So as a kid, I always thought that Joey Jr. was so funny as an adult. I'm like, Michael Rispoli, you are so disgusting in this movie. Yeah, Another mafia actor. And and Joey's like uh, just instant Joey Tribbiani vibes. Like I don't know what it is with the '90s needing to have these like random Italian American men who are like just well. He and was also so... a little bit of the guy from Gilmore Girls. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with. Oh, I know Gilmore that, Girls. There's... Not not Kurt. Okay. No the um the the guy who ends up marrying Luke's sister TJ. Okay. He's like, I'm an escrow. He's just the same vibe. Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. But, like, I think Joey Jr. was was modeled after Joey Buttafuoco. Oh, another Joey. Yeah, but this is a bad Joey. This is a very bad is Joey. The- Long Gone Murder? and Lolita. The- yeah, 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 yeah. He- I-, I like true crime, so I'm... <laughs> he- they didn't murder they didn't murder his wife they they attempted they they shot her but she did not die oh i forgot that that's how that ended yeah good but yeah yeah. because apparently amy fisher 
um went to prison and then she came in a um i i think was it a reality star or it, nothing good came came to her that that's all i know um yeah but but like no one says a peep about him and then they're like basing characters in movies af after this persona and they're like acting like it's okay and guess what it's not okay definitely definitely not yeah oh weird yeah the 90s were terrible sorry and my like, cat is a has some things to say oh, if you no hear problem. her that's what's it's going fine. on below me. <laughs> yeah, it, and they they gloss over the fact that that he's in her closet trying on her shoes. Right, that's so weird. Like such a strange aside. Every yeah, it's also his little tiny shirt when he enters the whole <laughs> film. Yeah. I was, I I yeah, believe so he's awkward. wearing a children's tank top. Yes. Yes, he is wearing. I did. There was some moment where i actually kind of felt like like i was like oh joey and i don't remember what was it when he's like it was i see the way you look at him you don't look at I me think that it was. Yeah. yeah yeah with the lean yeah which was like yeah i yeah <laughs> yeah that whole bit too was kind of like okay phil pullman like <laughs> And and there's there's whole kind of being jealous and then also being like I'm now I'm going to lean and be kind of creepy, but, but there's no time. The lead. There's no time for these two to actually fall in love and like like each other. Like she falls for him so quickly, and I'm like, oh, she's so lonely. And the other thing I realized is the guy at the beginning. Um, so when they do the flashback of young Sandy B as a kid and the dad the dad looks exactly like peter gallagher yes yeah so You're like right. that then i had so many other questions like is she in love with peter gallagher because her dad died like, well then she says bill pullman reminds her of her dad but the guy literally looks like peter gallagher her dad looks like eyebrows and all <laughs> that this dad has like those kyle chandler peter gallagher eyebrows Yes. And I was like, oh, Lucy, no. Because mm -mm. cause I'm starting to wonder, like, her, de her dad died, like, six to three months before the movie started. And then at that time, she meets Peter. He starts going to the train station. I'm like, is she, like, in love with him because her dad just died and she misses her dad? Like... Yeah, well, right. She said it was a few years ago. I her her mom died when she was little, and then her dad got sick a few years ago, and he died sick. died like a few months ago. Yeah. So, so it makes me wonder if the only reason why she is in love with Peter Gallagher is because he looks like her dad, and she's not actually in love with her in love with peter gallagher she just misses her dad and just wants you know someone who reminds her of her dad yeah, this is a messed I up movie it. this is such it, a <laughs> i i love yeah. doing this podcast but but this has ruined a bunch of childhood favorite movies of mine <laughs> i yeah i i keep trying to think there was another bit with bill pullman oh like when she kind of comes in at him attacking him for the furniture business, it almost felt like there was a chunk lifted out of this movie 
textually, like that there was a script that involved a longer period, oops, yeah. longer period of time. I was thinking about and, that. Yeah, it should yeah, have been because they it, go from like this casual conversation about I'm thinking I might want to go out on my own to like a six months in maybe to a right. relationship, like maybe living together argument about life choices and paths. Like this should have taken place from Christmas to Valentine's Day. Yeah. Because yes. that would have explained him being in a coma for so long. And also, the fall he had would not explain a coma like that. Like True. Once again, I'm wondering if in the original script, Peter got hit by the train. Oh, interesting. And like she takes him to the family still and still <laughs> yeah, she carries and... him, you know, like a walk to remember well, not style. Physically. <laughs> like Oh, walk to remember. <laughs> but but like because when they they usher him in or wheel him in into the emergency room, he's got the neck brace and he's got, you know, um the, the ventilator on. And it's like like we watched him fall like six feet. It is true because then if I'm curious with the again the the gender swap setup in the original script, would it have been because the man falls like does he fall in love with her sister while she's sleeping or is yes. it like he yeah. would end up literally with her in the end? so literally oh, okay. apparently it was luke and then paula and jackie okay and then they just changed it to peter jack and lucy that reminds me of america's sweethearts the only the sister storyline of like thoughts yeah. julia roberts is like supposed to be the lesser well it's funny you say that because sister wearing like, glasses like i'm guessing <laughs> they probably went after cusack they would have gone after cusack for this role and like that that would have been so yeah. creepy like because it would have although oh my gosh why was it cute was cusack that old enough like um 95 he was doing city hall been, 89 was still like teen it, movie time 89 was saying anything say anything Eight, yeah. 89 was saying so anything he, he he could have been, he probably would have been like at least playing late 20s. So, yeah, well, maybe uh, these guys are firmly in there. The mean, year before Philip he was 40 something. Yes. Uh, no, he was like 35. As an actor? Yeah. In 95, he was like 35 or like, yeah. It said that he was born in 53. Well, then I have no so idea. Was, I'm, so, so he, so he would have been. Yeah, he would have been like 42. Oh, jeez. Isn't Which that is crazy? That's I, creepy because Sandra Bullock was, was like 30. 25. They do this all over the place. It's so I'm, bizarre. I mean, because on the Dick Van Dyke show, have... Mary Tyler Moore was 18 and he was like 40. Mm. Phantom of the Opera, Gerard Butler is like 35. Emmy Rossum 17. Ugh. Fair. That was recent too, like fairly recent. Oh, yeah, that was two thousand five. Weird. No, two thousand four. Yeah, because we just literally talked about Hugh Jackman didn't do Van, uh, didn't do Phantom of the Opera to do Van Helsing. Oh so. wow, I never considered that he would have potentially been part of that. He was. He was. I don't born know that I would have developed my obsessive fifteen-year-old crush on Hugh Jackman as as I did Gerard Butler <laughs> after that movie. Um. But yeah. he probably, he would have nailed it, I'm sure. Yeah, because according to the IMDb, Gallagher was like, you know, late 30s, like mid 30s. 
So <sighs> poor Sandy B. <laughs> it's just it doesn't work. I, yeah. I mean, like that they needed a younger actor. Like Frazier would have been great. I would I would have been okay with McConaughey. Um, I would have I would have liked Keanu Reeves. Oh yeah. Oh, he would have. That would have been good because yeah. you almost also need someone like Bill Pullman has a little bit of an edge that's like he's too talky uh, and and jealous kind of like he's yeah. he's almost like mm, my brother gets everything. Like they they did a good job with the script, I think, of underwriting or or writing beyond that, so that right. he's kind of saying like I never envied you for anything. We've always been pals, but this is something I really yeah. want that you have. I appreciated they did that, but he still feels like he's a little bit kind of like, well, there's that entire, slimy, but... there's that entire line with, with like, what type of girls do you like? And he was like, blonde chubby ones. And then chubby ones. Oh, I'm just like, okay. and then like the mom is encouraging it. And she's like, <laughs> I also was like, is that supposed to be a nod to the mom? Cause she's like, I didn't even blonde. think I of didn't that. like that. I was, yeah, I felt. Uh, I was like, "Don't do that to that." Actress. Wait, wait. Then, she then wants, you, ha- then you have that the whole thing that we were just talking about with Sandra Bullock, uh, with with Lucy, you know, loving her dad, being in right. Like, yeah, what is with this family? This, um, this writer needs to go to you know, you got to go to horny jail. <laughs> I'm sorry. Agreed. Yes. So weird vibes. Well, the look. The look. Lucy gives him or Sandy B gives him when the sister is like you don't like blondes you like brunettes and and Lucy's like rut row yeah again yeah. she also kind of asked him that like she's like whose type am I I was like oh pointed getting straight to it yeah I mean and- it's, that seemed a little bit like there was a fast progression as well, just talking scripturally between the like, um, I you know I'm not pregnant, but you assumed I was. So oh what you just think I'm I'd have to be pregnant to get with a guy like that? I'm kind of thinking like, whoa, like I don't know that that's where that was. That wasn't how I read that. It seemed like she sort of jumped to that conclusion pretty quickly. Everyone in this movie, after a while, I think the only decent person is. The mom and Glennis Johns. Um, um, the so Peter Boyle, um, his wife, Ox and whatever Ox's mm-hmm. wife's name is, then the grandma, even even the little girl who is the girl from Undeclared, um, is oh yeah. Yeah, she's kind of an instigator too. Um yeah. It was like, uh, okay. Yeah, they all really wanted they really wanted this to happen. But then they had to for the script work. So I I feel that like this entire movie in the end, no one deserves to be happy. (laughs) Like because because they forced Peter into a marriage. Right. Yeah. They're like, you have to marry Lucy. Right. It's kind of they're all sort of figuring out his life for him i i sort of hated to and they were like i imagine being woken up from a coma and then everyone's like no you just don't remember like and you're trying to convince yourself that you actually do remember your life i don't know yeah it's a lot of uh it's a lot of gaslighting for old peter yeah i mean he's no better either because he's dating a married woman 
true. But yeah, he's he's not a good guy. And then they kind of like, I mean, I understand that Peter's non-existent for most of the movie, or he's just, you know, he's out of the movie, so we can't like we aren't expected to necessarily empathize with him. But then he's gonna be there for the rest of these two's marriage, like as a brother-in-law. And he doesn't seem like a good person. Like I mean, he doesn't even seem that like last line, even the last line of the movie is Peter always asks me, when did you fall in love with my brother? And I always say, yeah. well, you were sleeping. <laughs> that is not, that is not a good exchange of, of conversation for people. And I don't understand why Lucy doesn't understand that. When, when someone says, when did you fall in love with him <laughs> over me? That is get out of that family. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're going to be, they're going to be all up in your business, but then it seems like she wants that. Like, Little orphan Lucy. She just <laughs> that little bit where she's watching them all in rep presence and holding her package to her chest and stuff yep. actually did make me kind of emotional. I I'm gonna be working Christmas this year. I'm in the restaurant industry, so we never we never close. Mm-hmm. And uh it was it sort of hit home for me this year. It was like, oh man, I miss I miss my family. Yeah. It's hard growing up. <laughs> my question is was that a scarf or was that a a a sweater or shawl like that they gave her and also how did they know her size yeah i mean and they fast christmas shoppers these people i mean i understand it was the day after christmas yes yes yeah so this is chicago in the mid 90s and the only place you could probably go to is sears or macy's <laughs> like yeah and they like, have they have a whole stocking do they sew <laughs> yes yeah. this mom it, it makes no sense it makes no sense no. whatsoever also uh, imagine if she really didn't show up and they just were like well too bad that girl didn't make it to our shinde guess we'll have this lucy stocking <laughs> right in, a, in our decor for the rest of time a smart person would have just ghosted this family she should have just yeah. ghosted them this this is before cell phones they don't know how to get in contact with her don't go back to the to the hospital don't go back to their house don't do anything don't why give would you them your address yeah why would you give them your phone number like I also like, love that like Joe Jr. can't can't do anything really with any kind of brain. And yet he knows immediately. Well, he would know who the woman in 201 was. But I'm thinking like this is a really on top of it landlord to know everybody in his building. Not and- even landlord. <laughs> son of the landlord. Right, right. <laughs> Maintenance man, essentially, to be able to reference. Yeah. Reference by room. Yeah insane also bold of bill pullman to like stuck her to her building and ask about her mm-hmm. yeah <gasps> oh pullman 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 uh billy boy billy it is boy. i mean it's funny i was kind of i went into this knowing that i don't think as a kid i found either bill pullman or peter gallagher immediately attractive like i as i was watching this movie as a child i thought like well yeah this is an adult movie the, yeah i am not going to like the men they're they're you know dads to me yeah the, these these are I men who really are attractive get... to moms like 
Yes, exactly. Yeah. I remember having this argument with my mom about Kevin Costner. I hated Kevin Costner as a kid. I don't know why. Sometimes I just, like I said, I have beef with actors for no reason. <laughs> they just give me the wrong vibe. Yeah. And my mom was always like, oh, Kevin, you know, what? he's he's so cute or something. And I'm like, he is not cute. He's terrible. <laughs> I think I saw him in Robin Hood and felt personally oh, offended Prince of Thieves, by yeah. <laughs> No, mom. Kevin Klein yeah. is attractive, not Kevin Costner. I got Kevin Klein. And I, also I Hugh understood. Grant. I remember he was. I didn't understand Hugh Grant. Yeah. Notting Hill, maybe, but he I didn't. Was... I didn't understand like nine months. Hugh Grant was like gross. <laughs> I think I've had a lot of conversations with guys my age who are like, I do not understand the attraction of that man. So you're you're not alone. I think no, it's I, all about the British okay. accent or was there are at the two, time. There are two times where I get it, or three, actually. I understand the attraction to Notting Hill Hugh Grant. I understand the About a Boy Hugh Grant and Love Actually Hugh Grant. But like... Yes, like, I love About a Boy. But, but uh, Nine Months Hugh Grant, I do not get it. I don't get uh, Four Weddings and the Funeral Hugh Grant. Two weeks notice, Hugh Grant? Um, no. That's Sandra Bullock. That is Sandy B, but how how about a uh, um oh m- music and lyrics? Did you say that already? With no, no. Okay, yeah, I, I get that, Hugh Hugh Grant. But like Bill Pullman, I've always understood Bill Pullman. I, I've always understood that like watching Casper, watching this, I'm like, there's something about this guy. Especially Independence Day, Bill Pullman. I was going to say, when I watched, yeah, oh, I have, that escapes my memory. I know I have seen Independence Day, but. He's the president. (laughs) I can't reference it. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, see, maybe I haven't seen Independence Day. It's one of those movies you like, think Think you you saw if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Or maybe I've seen bits of it. Yeah. So like. But Casper, he's. Yeah, and yeah. he was making there that was the same time Casper. he was doing this. Oh, they yeah. Came out, they came out... weird. He has a different vibe in that movie to me. Like, maybe it's the... He has glasses, right, in that film? Yeah, and the cardigan. Yes, he's also and, like, a widower, he's got too. the professorial thing. Well, <laughs> yeah, he's, I, I, he's dripping in sadness. I think it's the widower vibe, like, having had lost love. And in this one, he's like, I deserve yeah. everything. I'm going to build my rocking chairs. The only thing I will say that I had major concern for for Bill Pullman was his jacket in the scene where they're falling in love, basically, like where they're having the the walk home conversation. And he has like a light members only studs, not members only, but like, you know, a shacket, essentially, very light spring jacket. They covered that with a line of dialogue. They clearly had ADR there. Yeah. They clearly had ADR because he's like, I'm wearing a reversible jacket and I have the warm side on. Oh, how funny. I re- kind of remember hearing that and I still, it didn't like log in my brain. As the, I was the, probably the so mouth, distracted by how cold they must be. <laughs> yeah, the mouth didn't add up. So I'm pretty sure that like it was ADR. Interesting. Also, I, I went and watched an interview with Bill Pullman Uh I just I don't know after I watched this I wanted to just hear more from him and kind of see what he's up to and how he's doing and there was like a retrospective interview of just kind of rapid fire through some of his work and he said um, 
he said like for continuity we had to keep this jacket on and I'm thinking you could have done continuity with any jacket you know like as long as it's the same jacket it could have been a warm jacket no I don't I, really know what yeah that means. I don't buy that I don't buy that like I understand continuity in like Casper where he needs to always be wearing that green cardigan because then when he dies spoilers for if you haven't yeah. listened to our Casper episode but when he dies and he comes back in as a ghost with the ghost cardigan on that makes sense that's continuity no, a shitty yes. members only jacket and also shame on the costume department. Yeah. Except for putting him in those jeans that rip later. That was fine. <laughs> that couldn't stay. Yes, because you got to see his butt. <laughs> Sorry to be a creep. <laughs> we we and it's like it's like, yeah, you look at Bill Pullman, you're like, yeah, that's a man who wears tidy whities. <laughs> then you see his tidy whities. Yeah, you're right. That was that was a funny. A funny choice. I feel like for the comedy effect, it has to be tidy whities. Like the bright. For the comedy effect, for the comedy effect, I would have expected like the boxers with red hearts on them, like with the hearts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's classic. Yeah, classic. uh, I I still to this day with this movie don't understand how she thinks that she's going to travel the world riding the Chicago line. (laughs) Like the movie ends with them (laughs) making out. In her wedding in the dress, back of a train car. <laughs> yeah, and and the well, family had to take it to yeah the airport. I whatever. guess the family couldn't drive them to the airport. <laughs> like, and no, they had to you know cash those tokens. Yeah, and make a whole tradition of it. There was no way that she she could afford that really nice apartment on the salary she was making. That is just always my least favorite part now as an adult of any movie. It's yeah. just envying apartments and being like, why? Yeah. Why did you set me up for false hope? Yeah, because like I assumed after Although watching I Friends, love... like I was like, I can afford oh, Midtown yeah. Manhattan. <laughs> A two-bedroom apartment. Greenwich Village. Yeah, rent controlled. Uh, nope. That that tree scene when she was like hauling the tree up through the window reminded me of when Harry met Sally, met Sally. they, they yep. don't do that in the same way. But yeah, similar right. similar vibes. There's also Home Alone vibes running through this whole thing for me. Just I I think it's because of, it takes place in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, yeah, and every, but it just felt like and everyone had that, that accent. Spirit. The the whole yeah, like everyone who wasn't the main characters, like side characters, were like, "Eh, how can I help you, bud?" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm realizing like many of the Chicago accents in movies I've assumed were. New York accents may yep. have been Chicago or yeah. maybe there's more overlap there than I realized, but I'm like, Oh, I, yeah, this in my ear is New York, but it's certainly not Chicago. Everyone sounds like a blues brother. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago. Yeah. Okay. So the last thing that I have in my notes is the fact that the family is okay with Lucy. Like they're like, Oh, she lied to us, but it's okay. Cause she is lovely. no, she is clearly everyone in this family is mentally unstable. She's trying to get government secrets, as Blockbuster told us. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah, she does she's not she's not well. Her bangs are giving it away. Something's <sighs> going on with Sandra Bullock's bangs in this movie that I strongly disapprove of. Yeah. And like 90s bangs are fine, but these 90s bangs are like sticking out 
I mean, some of it's like hat hair. Yeah. I'll give I'll give her that. Like after she rescues the guy, and then sometimes they're just kind of delightfully tossed aside. But other times they're sticking straight out of her head, and I'm like, who did that to Sandra Bullock? Again, well, the same the person. Yeah, the the costume department, and. The other thing is they're like, oh, man, she's so plain looking. She is one of the most beautiful women in the world. And she she's freaking gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're she like, was even more beautiful than I remember as a kid. Yeah. She's like, I saw her she's like, I would never be his type. I am too plain. I was like, are you fucking serious? Have you looked in a mirror? You are 90s Sandra Bullock. You just drove a bus. Like, yeah, she's the, the prettiest toll booth lady to ever live that's what I, I kind of like when they dress her down and stuff i'm kind of like i see her as an every woman like it's easy to project yourself onto her but i don't as soon as she's talking and, and then the close-up start and like there's even the whatever kind of casual outfit she's in when she's like dipping the oreo in her cat's yep. milk so th- many things th- this made me miss the I old like, oh, oreo so bag pretty. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, bring it, bring it back. I mean, back in the day when Oreo didn't allow you to reseal the Oreos, which their whole game was, you have to eat this entire bag of Oreos in one sitting. <laughs> it's an invitation, if you will. Yes. And, yeah, or they'll go stale. Right, and and um, the the fact that like she she does she looks so comfortable in this movie, like yeah, yeah. She really just she's great. I don't know. She she fits beautifully into everything. I, I felt like honestly, I, I it made me think I've underestimated Sandra Bullock as an actress, like sort of in watching it and, and thinking back on her past work. I always liked her like when I was younger, I thought she was really awesome. But I think in my mind, Julia Roberts has always held a little bit of that slightly higher. I don't know placement in my mind. I, and I, I always, I always went at with least Sandra in this Bullock. Mode, she's wonderful. I always went with Sandra yeah. Bullock over it's... her. The only Julia Roberts movie I ever liked was Notting Hill. Interesting. I think for me, it oh, was, and the Ocean's uh, movies, Runaway Bride. I do not oh, like Runaway, Runaway Bride. Bride did not hold up. Last <laughs> yeah, I watched it I, recently. I don't I like, like any so of the Julia Roberts <laughs> Gary Marshall movies. I don't like they, Pretty they Woman. They do the same. Yeah. And Hathaway lets you think with her. And it's so, yeah. it just doesn't work. I'm like, that woman is not falling over. She's got it all together. She's, I know that like beautiful people are human too, yeah. but it doesn't work on film <laughs> to make them like clumsy and that's their flaw. Yeah. And then also, yeah, dress them down and be like, she's so homely i'm like that's just causing terrible beauty standards for the rest of us like yeah setting us up to hate ourselves the other reason why i don't like sandra bullock and peter gallagher in this movie is they look like siblings they they look like they look like brother and sister like they they both have you know the casting they could have put anybody in Peter Gallagher's role like he did right. I mean he he does fine he's great but he doesn't have a lot to do like like if you want someone who kind of put any because I don't buy that 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 he he should be definitely the younger brother but they're they said he's the older brother this is what I would have done I would have had Bill Pullman as Jack as the older brother and then 
Tate Donovan. Do you remember Tate Donovan? Oh, that name's Hercules. A bell. He was Joshua oh. on Friends. Joshua. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he yeah. looks. He looks more. Yeah, he, he would have been perfect. Yeah, he looks more like he fits into the the, the whole you know, uh, Callahan family, and like you can buy yeah. him as like a yuppie douchebag. Peter Gallagher. It's true. Peter Gallagher. <laughs> not in that family he he was the original <laughs> by any stretch he, he was the original danny zuko or the original kaniki in greece on broadway like like i didn't know that or oh he, my god or in the revival of greece when when rosie o'donnell was sure was rizzo he was he was danny zuko in like 1992 wow i did not know that yeah it's wild i also i like peter gallagher is one of those people who just shows up in movies and i'm like oh this guy again like even as a kid i was kind of well especially as a kid i was kind of like who is this guy like i I remember just weaves in and out of i remember watching um i think it was to jillian on her 37th birthday and my parents were like, who is that actor? And I'm like, it's Peter Gallagher. And they're like, you're 11. How do you know who Peter Gallagher is? And I go, I would recognize those eyebrows anywhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's unmistakable. It's just, I, he, he's just one of those people I've always suspected. Like, you, there's so many people I've found that, you know, I, I had an idea of who they were as a kid from whatever movie I saw. And then I would find out they had this extensive Broadway career or voice acting career or some kind of thing, you know, that yep. I just didn't know about because I wasn't involved in that. Like Mark Hamill. Life. And he's sort of, what's that? I said like Mark Hamill. Tell me about Mark Hamill. I Mark mean, I Ham- know he's Luke Skywalker. But he's also the voice of the Joker for Batman the Animated Series. Didn't know that. Yeah, he's a big voiceover actor. Oh, he, wow. I yeah. had no idea. He's also, if you saw the new Dark Crystal, he's one of the Skeksis. He's the scientist. I didn't know that. He is a huge voiceover. I also have seen the new Dark Crystal, but I am familiar with the Dark Crystal. Mark Hamill is a huge voiceover actor. That's huge crazy. voiceover actor. Like, if you look up his IMDb, most of his stuff is voiceover. Same with Alan Tudyk. Like, it, it's insane. Peter Gallagher, wow! like when I found out he was like a Broadway star, I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then I looked up his his internet Broadway database and it's like Greece. He was Billy Flynn in Chicago. It's like when you find out that man can sing because he is a really good singer. Dang. It's funny because he he could have been like something like Phantom of the... I mean, he probably would have been a little old at that point to be doing Phantom when they did the film. But he could have been something like that. It's funny, though, how his eyes alone right. almost make him like a character actor. Like, I was even surprised he was a romantic lead because he's he has such a unique, not unattractive, but unique face. But in this movie, like, he's kind of just, you should know that he's a dick right away when he wakes up because, like, they're like, You're, you love Lucy. And he's like, basically, even though he's right, he is not handling it correctly. He's like, uh, this is my locker combination. I was president in 1981 of my school class. And like, he's like kind of see when they're gaslighting him, he's gaslighting them. But he's technically right. <laughs> That's true. Also, the squirrels. R.I.P. Those poor he squirrels. He killed those squirrels. He, he is like, a serial killer. I knocked him out of the tree. 
was like, wow, is that necessary? They're really villainizing this guy. Yeah. And, but going back to the, the family being okay with her lying to them and Glennis Johns is like, kiss her, you idiot. I just wanted someone from the yes. the, the Chicago transit line to be like, excuse me, sir, you're not supposed to be behind this booth. <laughs> I want I wanted her boss to show up and then they're like, you did this. This entire movie is your fucking fault. You yeah, you're to blame. Everything. Before, that but then, you know, happy ending. We we all love I I do not think they're going to have a happy ending. I think they have a movie happy ending, but they don't know each other. They don't know each other. I mean, any film, 90% of films, I feel like from this era kind of feel that way where you're like, you have not put in the time for this. to. It's crazy that they're getting married. It was crazy that she was marrying Peter and we all knew that wasn't going to happen. But it was like- what? I mean, I, Why I does feel this family. Thing I feel this way about so out. many movies. You're going to kill me for saying this as being a huge John Hughes fan as you are. I do not think oh, that anyone ahead. in the breakfast club should end up together. That was that was a funny thing that I used to fight a lot in high school out of just like desperately wanting it to be true. I yeah. think that Allison and Andy could have a shot. But, but I do not. Claire and Bender would destroy each other. In it like should a be week. Claire and have Ryan. Their first fight and it would be over. It should be Claire. Yes. And, and also, like, and the fact with that Molly and, and him dating. Right. But, but to the He's... point where it literally was supposed to be Claire and Brian, and the studio didn't like it. And that's why he wrote Pretty in Pink because he wanted Anthony Michael Hall as Ducky. And they were supposed to. Yes. When I have you back on to do Pretty in Pink, we'll talk about that. <laughs> but, but yeah. I can't wait. I have yeah. so many things to say so, about that movie. So with this movie, like, they knew each other for a week. They got engaged after a month. This is, this is not, this is like a love is blind situation. Like, like they should have been in the, the pods together. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, maybe they'd have better luck. <laughs> Probably, but like At least with a few extra conversations. That's all my notes. Do you have anything else you want to add before we get into the ratings here? I was thinking about something. I well, I just wanted to say that I did think that Bill Pullman and Sandra Bullock had incredible chemistry. Like I can yeah. understand why they went with that casting and just in that conversation they have and when they're giggling with each other and stuff it it i i felt that was a really authentically they're very cute there were together. times during this movie yeah and there were times i was actually wondering like i'm usually pretty good at parsing out like what's good writing and what's just good acting and i think when they kind of come together it can be more difficult to parse out which is which yeah um and i found myself at times during this movie actually kind of wondering that where i thought this feels so natural and they feel like such a couple falling in love. Um, at least in my past of falling in love, there were so many moments I thought like, I remember that feeling of just yeah. like, everything is so funny and sweet. And um, I mean, that's exactly why I think it won't work is because they're enamored of each other. Like you, you either fall out of that stage or you deepen and kind of grow out of that stage, I think. Right. Um, and then have to love your eternal partner in other ways. Um continually renewing that romance but it 
was lovely to see. And I, I do think that whether it was the writing or the acting or a combination of both, I think they did a really nice job, like at least establishing that believability because there are certainly romantic comedies that don't do it. Um, I also think 13 Going on 30 is a good example of that where they just, you just feel like, yeah, these guys, I mean, I think you guys did well in your coverage of that film to point out how ridiculous it is that like or or just questionable that Mark Ruffalo is like this this person <laughs> this one yeah. person yeah, I mean and yeah when but... she shows up at his doorstep he's like yeah yeah and I think I think most of that still... movie has to do with the charm of Mark Ruffalo like like yes Ruffalo was on a yeah. hot streak and, in 2004 and... so right yeah, yeah, no, he's undeniably adorable in that yeah. film. I do it, think that as I've gotten older, I've also appreciated uh, uh, Jennifer Garner. Like, she's so, yeah. she's just so sweet. You can so believe that she was a 13-year-old who just, like, walked into that body and, like, but I don't believe that she's the kind of person who would be, like, sleeping around with married people. It's, it's That's, I'm like, but well, I, it doesn't matter. For the sake of the film, yeah. uh, you yeah. don't have to really imagine. Right, but, but here, like, Sandra Bullock in in Pullman, they have that same chemistry, and yes, I mean Bill Pullman has that chemistry with everyone in this movie except for Gallagher. Like you can tell that they kind of, it. I don't know if it's just me, but I was getting the vibe that these two don't really like each other. Gallagher and uh, Pullman, yeah, or the characters, the characters, like, yeah, 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 and then like, yeah, they they. Yeah. There's no time to build up the brother relationship. So you no. get like a line about potential beef where he went off to law school and abandoned the family business and potential harmony where he's never envied him anything. So they maybe have a pretty good brotherly relationship, but they're just different people. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. No. Yeah. And then like you have Saul, you have Jack Warden basically forcing his will. Like I, why why didn't this movie end with them being like, Saul, you're out of the family? No, by Saul. Because he says he's like, they're not gonna get rid of me. I'm too old and established. Yeah. And is he he's not married to right, because that's their grandma. He's a widower also. He mentioned that his wife, yeah, died. Because yeah. there was a moment where I had this thought, like, oh, is that his second wife? And it's like, no, that's no. the maternal or yeah. family grandma. Yeah. And he's the godfather, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was he was funny. <laughs> and so uh, I also liked the trope of him standing outside the hospital room and kind of like there was even a moment where I thought it, did he not hear Oh, he that heard everything. We... He heard absolutely. <laughs> of course he did. Yeah. Why else would they show it? But it was like he was just magically hearing her soft voice through a pane of glass. And well, the I'm, door was open. Now I'm reading way too deeply into this. Okay. The door was okay. open. Yeah, they left the door open. Then Sandra Bullock just really does need to stop talking to herself so loudly. Well, she assumed that it was like two in the morning, like no one was going to be there. Right. Yeah. But that nurse, she's got to watch that nurse. Yep. So we have uh, out of 13 bagels, 13 is good. One to zero is bad. How many did you give this? Oh my gosh. I'm I know I'm gonna be way too generous because I if unless I have something to like hold up against it, I will just like go over. I I I wanna say eight. 
Okay. I was going with 7.5. I was going to say 10. Yeah. Okay. 10 feels too much. Eight. Yeah. Films like this, like. It's a good. Yeah. It's sweet. Yeah. But it's not perfect. No, no. (laughs) By any means. I I think the only one I, I, for rom-coms like this that I gave, like, a perfect dozen was um, about time and oh yeah and what oh. if what if with Daniel Radcliffe and Zoe Kazan oh I've been wanting to see that for so long now I love Ruby Sparks so yeah. much he it's it's when yeah. Harry met Sally pretty much it's really good yeah we Amazing. did that last year I feel like I've been waiting my whole life for another when Harry met Sally yeah cool I'll have to watch that and then yep and that's then on Amazon listen. Prime but about about time is Christopher Reeve no, about time okay. with Donald Gleason. Somewhere and in time. McKin- yes, you're That's thinking great. of somewhere in time. About time yeah. is Donald Gleason <laughs> and Rachel McAdams, and he can tr- he can basically. Yes, uh, I started that movie on a plane, and I never got to finish it. Oh, it was it's like so good. The plane landed, and it went away. So it's so good. It's go it's really too. sad though. <laughs> like. It's a very sad movie. Good. I love I love a good yep. cry. Yep. So do you want to promote anything? <laughs> Thank you for the morning. Um, I don't I'm not working on any projects right now specifically. I'm mainly just working, yep. day job working. Um, if you'd like to follow me, I spend most of my Instagram time um on my sustainable style page, which is Inspiration which is a combination of inspiration and obsession. It's kind of where I keep track of my fixations and things that I'm inspired by uh, style speaking. So like fashion wise, Um, but I definitely consider myself more of a uh, thrifter and a used clothing kind of gal. I don't really shop new anymore. I'm trying staying away from fast fashion. So if you're interested in that and you like goofy reels, sometimes which involve characters for movies, because that's a lot of my inspiration, then you can find me there. Yeah, and we have to have you and Laura on at the same time. Oh, that would be fun. I'm trying yeah. to think of what would be a good... We'll, we'll have to Oh, I, I I know which one combo. to do for that, because I will, I, once I hit stop record on this, I'll tell you. So... You can okay. follow you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, I also have another podcast called uh, Hell is a Musical, which is on the Zero Science Network. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook for that. Once again, our Instagram page is still locked down because I forgot the password. Um, and we're working on getting a new one. And my mini series, When Scary Met Savvy, um, just ended back in October. Um, that was a great run. We had Bill Oakley from The Simpsons on for our season finale. Um, and Rachel, thank you for doing this. Until next time, I'm Scott Kerlin. Thank you so much for having me. Until next time, I'm Scott Kerlin. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Scott Kerlin. Bye. Bye.